Hey guys, welcome to the eighth episode of Klein Talk. So, I'm a bit mad today because I just did my entire podcast and the file corrupted. So, well, that means I have to do everything again. I'm sorry if I'm a bit pissed this uh, this episode, but I'm going to try and do it the same way that I did that one. Uh, but yeah, so this one might have been released a bit later. Um, sorry for that. But yeah, just wanted to say why I'm doing this episode. So uh, this episode, as you can see by the title, is about feminism, which might uh, confuse you a little bit because I've done sort of one and a half episodes on that already. But I'm doing this one because um, a friend of mine and I have recently started a club in school. So if you're part of my school, you will probably know about this. Um, where we like to get people to discuss things that they don't normally discuss in school or in their lives. We like to get people to start thinking about it. So, yeah, that's sort of why we're doing this thing. Now, the, uh, this episode is about feminism because the first topic of the group discussion thing is about feminism. The first topic is feminism. Uh, which will be tomorrow at um, four, uh, ten past four um, in room six thirty-two. If you're if you go to my school and you're interested, um, it's uh, so I'm going to make this episode sort of as a, a place where I jot down my mental notes, so to say, so you guys can get a bit of an insight into how I think about this sort of stuff and what I what I think about this sort of stuff. So that's what this is going to be um yeah so enjoy i guess uh we're going to have jake trapper come back of course um he's gonna have an interesting story i guess that will segue into this week's episode and we'll see how it goes from there so jake trapper come over here and do your stuff Hey guys, it's Jake Trapper from Channel 26 News, and welcome to your weekly news update. A Ethiopian plane crashed six minutes after takeoff. Um, Brexit vote, the Brexit vote is today, and Donald Trump has a new bill that he's trying to pass. This is Channel 26 News. So, an Ethiopian plane crashed a few days ago. It's a big news. Um, you probably heard about it. Um, it crashed six minutes after takeoff with 157 people on board. Um, all of them died. There were eight crew members and 149 um, passengers. Uh, most of them were from Ethiopia. It was a flight from Ethiopia to Kenya. Um, and it crashed very shortly after takeoff. Now, the plane that it was, the um, Boeing 737 MAX, uh, is a very new plane. It's only two years old, uh, which is very new by uh, plane standards. Uh, has been in accidents before. So you might remember a Lion Air crash uh, in October, which killed slightly more people. I think it was around 170 that died um, in that plane crash. But uh, the... Uh, so... Sorry. So the... Um, people are calling into question the safety of that airplane. Um, 
Many countries have banned it, for example the UK, in the UK you're not allowed to fly that plane anymore until further notice. Boeing assures people, uh, Boeing the manufacturer assures people that it has nothing to do with the plane and that those two incidents are non-plane related, but they are, um, they are creating a software update for the next, uh, for next month. Uh, but they urge people that they can still fly their planes as it is being is still being done in the US, but in many Asian countries and also the UK, um, the it has been banned. Now, the next uh, story is that the Brexit vote is today. Uh, what this means is that they're voting on the big uh, new plan that Theresa May has proposed to Parliament. Um, sorry about that. Uh, which is very important because it is their last chance to make a deal before March 29th, which is when Brexit is supposed to happen, which is in 17 days. But we, uh, so they have to vote on it. And if this vote doesn't pass, the lies, I have to extend the Brexit day or create um, or go out without a deal, which would be pretty bad for everyone as uh, Michael Klein explained in the last podcast episode, uh, the one about Brexit. Uh, Donald Trump has proposed a new funding bill with cuts to education and medical aid, but an increase to budget uh, to the budget of the defense with about $750 billion going into defense spending, for, so the military and other such things. There's also a proposed $8.6 billion for the border wall that he has proclaimed will be built for the past few months, well, past few years. Um, but this is almost 50% more than the 5.7 that were rejected by Congress, which caused the government shutdown um, a, a month ago. So people aren't really optimistic about this getting through on either side. Um, it's more seen as a wish list. Um, there's an, been an investigation into the BBC for gender discrimination. They're saying that the BBC um, hasn't been acting very equal with uh, for equal pay for equal work. So it's about the wage gap. And there's an independent investigation by the British police into BBC into the BBC to see if those allegations are actually true. Um, and that's it from Channel 26 News. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you, Jake Trapper. So the last story that he just mentioned there is a very interesting one, uh, the one about the wage gap, because it's uh, feminism, which is sort of um, my uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about and to think about, because it is such an important uh, topic. Now, um, I'm going to do this sort of from the beginning, so it won't be just about a specific topic in feminism, although we will discuss some topics later. It's going to be about the history of feminism first, and then some of the discussion about the topics for today. Now, the word feminism con comes from Charles Fourier, a uh, socialist, uh, a French socialist and philosopher, um, who coined the term in 1837. So it's a pretty old thing. It's almost 200 years old now. Um, and has been a topic ever since. Now, the first wave of feminism, which is coincidentally called first wave feminism, 
uh, came up during the 19th century and the early early 20th century when the women didn't when women didn't have the right to vote yet, um, and most countries implemented the right to vote for women, such as Germany, um, Italy, uh, the U.S. Um, they all implemented the right to vote for women in 1918 or 1919, which you history buffs will know is right after 1919, uh, which, <laughs> yeah, which is right after 1919. What a great statement, Michael. Sorry, my head's a bit, bit, uh, messed up right now because I'm slightly mad, but yeah, which you hit your hit you history buffs will know that's right after the first world war. Um, but it's a considerable amount of time of after the first feminist suffrage parade in New York City, which was on the 6th of May, 1912. Now, the reason the right to vote was and um, also the right to work, because then you would be a uh, citizen and citizens have the right to work, uh, is because it was the, uh, the during the First World War, most of the men were gone because um, in that time, only men really fought for the military. So the women were left back to create the munitions and the food, mostly for their um, husbands and sons and friends in uh, on the front of the war. Um, so they were working for um, four years. Uh, well, mostly three years because the first year was <laughs> quite tame sort of can't i'm not sure if you can really say that about a world war but yeah uh, you get what i mean so when the men came back and wanted their jobs back the women were like no we're working now and we have we're making money and we want the right to vote and most countries said okay uh we're gonna do that that's what's going to happen now in our country um so that was what first wave um feminism was about the women's right to vote. Now, after that, there was a short spell of second wave feminism, uh, which, if you uh, don't know, uh, it was if you don't, haven't heard about that one, that's probably because it's the least known one of uh, the least known wave of feminism, so to say, uh, just because it's uh, nothing. It wasn't that long of a time period. It was only about 20 years. Um, and they uh, campaigned really for the legal and social equality for women, um, which um, which is well, might make you a bit confused because that's sort of what's going on today, but I'll get to that later. So second wave feminism um, mostly started because of um, the perceived social inequalities, such as the wage gap or the, um, uh, just that they couldn't work as much and things like that. Uh, so that's why the second wave happened. Uh, they didn't really have a sort of, uh, figurehead, which the first wave feminism did. Anita Hill, who, uh, uh sorry, never mind. Uh, forget I said that. Uh, that's the third wave feminism. But yeah, second wave feminism didn't really have that much going on. Uh, and nothing really happened. Um, many, many people say nothing really. It wasn't that big of a thing. Now, what did happen during second wave feminism is that other countries did also also got the right to vote um, for women. So for example, France um, only got 
the right to vote for women in 1944, and Switzerland, the country I'm in, only uh, had the right to vote in 1971, and one part of Switzerland only had it in 1991, which is pretty crazy if you think about it, because um, that means 11 years before I was born. Wait, 11. Yes, 11 years before I was born. Uh, women didn't have the right to vote in one part of the country that I'm in right now, which is crazy to me, and I hope I hope crazy to you guys too, as that's a very big deal, I would say. Um, so yeah, then third wave feminism started mostly with um, Anita Hill, the person I accidentally mentioned before. Uh, Anita Hill was a... Uh, uh, accused a person that was nominated for the Supreme Court of the United States of sexually assaulting her. Um, many years back, she te um, tes testified in 1991 in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, which was all white and all male at the time, that um, Clarence Thomas, who was nominated for the Supreme Court, sexually harassed her. Um, third wave, the term third wave came from Rebecca Walker, a journalist who was reporting on the Anita Hill case, but this is sort of seen as the beginning. Now, um, third wave feminism is basically based on the um, idea that second wave feminism didn't fulfill the, didn't uh, get to its goals of social equality and legal equality, uh, more social equality and less legal equality, because in most countries, women are legally equal to men. They're not uh, sort of, there isn't any legislation that says that women aren't allowed to do things, uh, or that much. Um, now, uh, so we're going to talk more about third wave feminism because that's what we're in right now. And it's subject to more criticism nowadays. Um, that's partially of course, due to people being in it. Well, not in it. Uh, well, yes, in it, uh, um, we're part of the time we're contemporary with third wave feminism and not with first wave feminism or second wave feminism. So third wave feminism is getting the most complaints, so to say, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Some of the problems that I have with feminism, some of the problems other people have with feminism, just the main topics that people talk about when it's about feminism. Uh, so sorry that I spoke so fast right there. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit disheveled as you might be able to think. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is um, what feminism stands for. So I have a few topics that's up here, what feminism stands for, uh, the pay gap, quotas, and sexual harassment. So the first one is what feminism stands for. Now I actually wrote an article on this in German, so if any of you are, uh, if any of you care enough to read an article that I wrote, um, I'll provide a link in the description of this podcast, which will take you to the article. And I would love for you to give it a read. Maybe tell me what you think, uh, something like that. And, uh, or you don't have to tell me what you think, but please don't sit there and just hate me from wherever you're from. Um, I would love to start a discussion. doesn't matter if you disagree with me or agree with me. It's just important for you to understand my point of view and for me to understand yours, and then we can see if we agree or disagree. Now, the first thing, what feminism stands for. So this is sort of going to be about, I guess, about my article 
uh, about what I think about uh, feminism. Now, uh, feminism is widely seen, I mean, widely seen, it's, it's hard to say that, uh, excuse me as I quickly turn away from my microphone, it's uh, widely seen as the, um, uh, yeah, if you ask people, you get different answers. So you, if you ask people, they say it's equality for everyone or equality for the genders or this, uh, the treatment, the same treatment of the genders or um, everyone should be treated the same, stuff like that is what you get usually if you ask people what they think feminism is about. But I'm going to start out from my dictionary definition, um, which is the striving for gender equality on the basis of women's rights. Now, what does that mean exactly? It might seem very similar to just the equality of the genders if you don't think about it that much, but on the basis of women's rights is an important part of that statement because um, I'm going to illustrate this with a bit of an analogy. So if you hold your hands out in front of you, let's say, like uh, with one of them higher than the other, uh, so they're next to each other, but one of them is higher than the other. So imagine you have a bar chart um, and one of the bars is bigger than the other and those, those bars are your hands, whatever. And let's say the bar that's higher um, is men's rights on a specific topic. Let's say the wage gap. Let's say, let's assume the wage gap is a thing and men actually get paid more for uh, the jobs, for the same job as women. So you have men above women. Now, feminists want to take the woman's bar and put it up to the men's bar. So they're the same height, obviously. But... I would argue that if the roles are reversed, uh, for example, so if the males, the men's bar is lower than the female's bar, uh, for example, let's say military in Switzerland. So where I live, um, only men have to go to the military. The women can choose if they want to go to the military, but men have to if they're citizens. So I would call that an inequality. So the men's bar is lower than the women's bar because they have to do something and the women don't have to do it. Um, so I would say argue that feminists care less about bringing that bar up to the same standard. So they would rather care about the women's issues. I'm not saying that men have more issues than women. I would think that women have more issues than men with social equality. But my point is that feminists care less about men's problems than women's problems much less because it is on the basis of women's rights so it's a fight for women's rights and not for gender equal rights um which is a very new sort of niche i guess a very small difference to make but i think it's an important one um which i detail a lot uh, which i detail very precisely in my article i hope uh because yeah, so if you care any more about that, you can look at that. But yeah, my point is that people should admit, feminists should admit that they're focused more on women. And because I've never heard a feminist in Switzerland now um, from themselves say, well, the thing about the military is really unfair and we should change that. I've never heard a feminist say that unless they were prompted by me or by someone else. Uh, to talk about that, at which point they do realize, well, yeah, that's unequal and we should change that. But the fact that they don't do it of their own accord shows me that they care less about 
the men's problems than the women's problems, which is totally valid if they admit that. Instead of saying, we're for complete gender equality, they can say, well, yes, I'm for women's rights, and I want to fix the women's problems in society today, which I don't hear enough feminists saying from my point of view. Now, to the pay gap. The pay gap is the next ver- is the first very big problem that um, third wave feminists see in the world. Um, it's the idea that women get paid less than men for the same job. Now, the number that gets thrown around the most, um, which is usually from seven to fourteen percent, that women get paid less than men, um, is mostly made by adding up all the uh, salaries of men and of women and dividing them by their respective populations, which gives you an average earnings for a woman and average earnings for a man, um, which in which the women's um, earnings are much lower or uh, like the seven to 14% or whatever. Um, So they yelled at that. But the thing is, uh, one of the reasons why that statistic is so overblown is because m- many more men choose to take higher-paying jobs. Now, of course, um, I'm not saying that women don't have it harder to get higher-paying jobs, but I think that just saying this is a huge issue and we have to force people to pay women the same for men uh, than as men isn't really going to solve it because we need to make um, the chances equal to get to the place and not look at statistics and more look at actual action that we can do to fix these problems. That's just what I sort of think about the pay gap. Now, one thing that I, one argument that I sort of have against the fact that women are deliberately paid less for the same job as was accused in BBC, and they're investigating that, and they're really working on that because people really care about the pay gap, that's one of the big things. People really want to fix that um, because money is very important. Um, The the one thing that I think shows that the pay gap can't really be what many people proclaim that it is, is that if you could pay women less for the same job, which there there are accusations of, if I were a businessman and I hear, well, you can pay women less for the same exact work, I would only employ women because I, my profit would skyrocket, right? My profit would be much higher. But the fact that men, there, it isn't that we don't see businesses full of women proves to me that the wage gap isn't really what people say it is. Because if you could just pay women less for the same work, I, um, as a smart businessman, you would only do that. Or a businesswoman, of course. You would only do that. But yeah, that's sort of an argument against that. If you have anything to say about that, of course, don't forget to text me on Instagram or write me an email. Now, the next topic that we're going to get to are quotas. So quotas, when I talk about them, I mean sort of the thing in Parliament where they say... Uh, at least 40% of parliamentarians have to be women or in companies, at least 40% of the people we admit have to be, uh, we hire have to be women or universities where at least 50% of the people we allow into our university have to be women or the other way around. Now, I already detailed this in my um, podcast episode detail uh, called A Spicy Topic. 
um, where I don't think that this really gets the mess the right message across because it can create a lot of animosity. What I mean by that is if I'm going to a job interview and I see it, let's just simplify it and say there's me and there's a woman, they we want the same job and no matter it doesn't matter what our qualifications are uh we i don't know for this example and there's a quota in place at the company that says at least 50 percent of the people we hire have to be women now i don't get the job so i sit there and no matter if i was worse or much worse it could even be i was much worse and i know that in my i know that or whatever but I will inevitably blame that she got the job instead of me because of the quota. And I think that's horrible. I think that's really bad because you're trying to create an equality between the genders. You're trying to make them be treated equally or trying to make women be treated equally as, as men by creating an even larger divide. I would say that this is an even larger divide because you create this animosity between men and women, even though it's stupid, even though it doesn't have, it might not have anything to do with that quota. It will inevitably be blamed on that quota. So there people will get mad and that's not good because men getting mad at women because they're women, because they would say you, you just got that job because you're a woman and that's terrible, um, will make people really mad. And will, it will be very bad for gender equality. So that's sort of my, um, sort of uh, very simply my personal problem with quotas. If you want to know more, you can listen to, I think it's my third podcast episode, whatever. It's the one called A Spicy Topic. I said it's a very spicy topic. Um, you can listen to that. Now, sexual harassment. Uh, sexual harassment, I did my... Uh, Sixth episode on, was on sexual harassment, and so I won't really go into detail that much because people that are listening this to this episode have most likely heard that one. But uh, just a thing that I think it's great that these people are coming out against uh, these horrible people that have sexual sexually harassed people. But I think we have to be careful with sell with believing the um, the victim or the proclaimed victim right away because um, an accusation of sexual harassment can really destroy someone's life. So I think we should really um, be careful with believing a victim right away. Um, we should leave it up to the courts to decide if the allegation is true or not, the ways they do it. So um, we should really be careful with that. Uh, but it's great that people feel empowered finally to come out against the people that have done wrong to them. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of quickly my thoughts on sexual harassment. And yeah, I hope this was helpful to um, anyone that's coming to the club tomorrow to talk about it or to anyone else to understand what I think about it. If you have anything that you want to tell me, um, shoot me an Instagram message, hit me up on the emails, uh, whatever. Do whatever you want. Um, just please don't quietly hate me wherever you live. I would love to know the reason why you disagree with me and I might be convinced, which is always a good thing. 
but I hope you're thinking about it, and I hope this was informative. So to end this podcast, as I always do, I'd like to thank Anchor. Anchor is a great website, anchor.fm. If you want to make your own podcast, you can do it on that website. It's really good, it's free, and it does everything for you. So I'm really happy with their service, and I'd also like to thank you guys for listening to me ramble on every week about some something I care about that me you might not care about, but nonetheless, you guys listen. So I'm really happy with that. Thank you guys, and I'll see you next week week.